Let's have a talk about legacy. Two things have inspired me to record this episode. Mother's Day and the passing of a controversial social media personality and YouTuber. The first thing, Mother's Day is personal. Mother's Day is always a somewhat bittersweet, reflective time for me. And most recently, my reflections have been about what does my legacy look like if I don't have biological offspring? I'm planning to talk about how I have and continue to redefine motherhood in a future episode. The second reason is even more compelling, actually. The sudden passing of this controversial figure, who I will not ever name publicly, but we all know who it is, received a literal spectrum of reaction and responses to those reactions. I said in conversations and on social media that people's reactions to the sudden or unexpected passings of others is based on how that person lived, interacted with, and showed up in the world. Death does not miraculously and suddenly void the memory and legacy of your character while you were alive. I believe a lot of people got really in their feelings because they realized that maybe their death may elicit a similar spectrum-like reaction. I don't want that for my podcast posse, so we're going to talk about legacy. It's uncomfortable, and parts of this conversation may be a bit morbid. After all, we are talking about how people view you after you're gone, but whether we like it or not, whether we want it or not, we will leave a legacy. I want all of us to lead and live a life in order to leave a legacy. And that's what we're discussing today on this episode of the Unbecoming Conversations podcast. Welcome to the Unbecoming Conversations podcast, a self-development podcast for women on a journey to who they are meant to be. I'm your host, Adia Rogers. I'm a 40 plus year old woman raised in the South, currently splitting my time between the Mile High City and my hometown. Over the course of the last five years, I transitioned to self-employment, moved halfway across the country, and had to build a separate support system in a city where I only knew one person. Building a life that I love means navigating transitions and change and overcoming challenges. In this podcast, we'll talk about the elements and strategies I've used over the past half decade to help me navigate change, manage and eliminate negative self-talk and anxiety while still living a purposeful life. We'll have conversations about doing the inner work to show up authentically in your own life as well as for others. These conversations will provoke us to do what is necessary and seek the guidance it takes to unbecome what we should be in order to become what we are meant to be. Get comfy and let's chat on this episode of the Unbecoming Conversations podcast. Let's start our discussion about legacy with some good old definitions of what a legacy is. Of course, we're going to start with formal definitions from the dictionary. A legacy is a gift by will, especially of money or other personal property. Another definition is something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor or from the past. 
There are also some good working definitions and ways that you can apply legacy to your life. And for me, it's things like the impact that will last long after you die. Now, whether that impact is positive or negative is up to you. Another good working definition is the positive impact one might have that would help to keep them alive in the memories and lives of others. I absolutely loved what former President Barack Obama had to say about legacy in a conversation with the Chancellor of Germany. What's her name? Angela Merkel. President Obama said, I saw myself as a relay runner. I would take the baton and I would run my leg of the race. And then I'd pass the baton to someone else. Each generation tries to make progress knowing that what we do is not going to be perfect. But hopefully we've run our leg of the race effectively and the world's gotten a little bit better. President Obama's comments remind me of the scripture in Hebrews 12 and 1 where it talks about the race that God has set before us. In the New Living Translation, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And to me, that so embodies what living a life so that you can leave a legacy looks like. And basically what we're doing today is talking about what we are going to do in our leg of the race. As I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about and discuss in this episode, several things came to mind about what I think and feel and believe about legacy. I think that's important for you to know because it does kind of shape and influence and color some of the things that we're going to talk about. One of the things was from a former coach and mentor of mine, an amazing human being, Simon T. Bailey. And one of the things that he said on one of our calls that has never left me, because I feel like, you know, now that I'm reflecting, I've been on this legacy journey and thinking about legacy for a long, long, long time. But Simon said to me, build your life around the people that will cry at your funeral. And that thought has never left me. When I have had jobs, when I have been in relationships or situations that weren't healthy, that thought has almost immediately popped back into my mind. That is one of the litmus tests for myself in terms of whether I stay or go or, you know, how I handle certain situations is, is this a person, is this a situation that I feel like they will be there if something really dire happens? Are they going to be the people that um, come around uh, my family? Should I leave this earth early? Like, are these going to be the people that cry at my funeral? And a lot of times that in terms of the situations that I've left, jobs, people, relationships, partnerships, the answer has been no. For me, part of that legacy is not staying in situations and around people that aren't going to be there for me in my final moments, right? And afterwards, because they're not, if they can't do that, they're also not going to really be able to carry my legacy forward. The other thing that this controversial social media personality and YouTuber reminded me of is that we are writing our obituary every day we're alive. Every single day we're writing our obituary. 
he didn't have to say a word, even if he had crafted his own obituary. The experiences that he had with people and people's experiences of him wrote a a more accurate and a more passionate obituary than he could have ever written himself. And I feel like that's something that we don't often think about, especially as we're just kind of navigating through life and dealing with people that these are people that are going to recount their encounters with us when we're not here to defend ourselves, when we're not around to say, no, that's not really what I meant. That's not really what I said or any of those things, right? And so I think that that should just uh, cause us to be considerate and thoughtful of how we interact with people. That does not mean you accept maltreatment or disrespect. For me, it's about, did my interactions, am I at peace about the interactions I've had with people on any given day? When I lay down at night, I want to be at peace about the interactions that I've had with people, the decisions I've made regarding myself, my future, the people that I care about, the people that I don't know that I don't care about. I want to be at peace with the decisions that I've made and the interactions that I've had at the end of the day. I believe that even if it was not an amenable, maybe departure or ending or whatever, that people, you know, well, they're going to say what they want to say anyway, but I'm at peace. And I think that there would be enough people that have had positive encounters with me whose lives have been positively impacted, that it would, you know, balance out any negative negative experiences that people have with me. At least that's my hope and prayer. And I really do strive to live most of days. I don't always hit the mark. Some days is just like that, that people are left better or are left at least not worse off from dealing with me and from interacting with me. One of the things that one of my favorite people says, Pastor Kevin Thompson, (laughs) and it's funny, but it is so true. You live so the person eulogizing you doesn't have to lie. (laughs) Like, that's so plain, but it's so true, right? Like, live in a way so that the person standing over you won't have to be like, well, you know, hmm. Awkward silence and pauses, right? Like, I don't want that. I Even if the person eulogizing me doesn't necessarily know me that well, I want them to say from everything that I've heard, they were an amazing person and they were giving and they were loving and they were kind and did they did the best that they could with what they had and they made the most of their time here on earth. That's my heart's desire when I leave this earth. I've been to funerals of people that I didn't know because I was going to support um, a friend or something like that. And I remember distinctly going to my best friend's uncle's funeral and just sitting there and hearing how people talked about him, how they just, you know, were just so complimentary and you could tell that they were just going to miss his presence. So, and I remember sitting there thinking like, wow, what a powerful legacy, what an amazing life to have led to have all of these people in the midst of the pandemic literally come and from all over the country to honor your life, to celebrate your life, and to have such amazing things to say about you, right? That's what you want. You want the people that are going to stand up and eulogize you, whether it is 
a pastor or a preacher or your family or friends or colleagues to have such a, a positive memory of you, such a positive impact that you have left on their lives, that that should be our goal, especially if we are believers and Christians. We should want to leave this earth, this world, the people in our orbit better than when we found them. One of the things that I want my generation and future generations to really start thinking about and being intentional about creating a legacy and is the fact that legacy goes beyond memories. One of the things about previous generations and just listening to my parents, my aunts and uncles, older cousins talk about their past, their ancestors, you know, my great my great grandparents, my great grandparents and things like that is it's a lot of memories. I do have some tangible items from my grandparents, but it's mostly memories. Thanks be to God that a lot of us are in better positions financially as well as just with technology and other things, that our legacy can be a little bit more substantial and tangible than what we were left. And so I really want us to become in, more intentional about that. And we're gonna, I'm going to give you some ideas and suggestions and some things for you to think about in the next segment. But re just remember that legacy goes beyond memories. And lastly, as I said at the beginning of this episode, even if you don't want to leave a legacy, you're still going to leave a legacy. So, you know, I know there was some celebrity at one point that said that they didn't want to be a role model, but they were a role model. Whether we like it or not, people are, there is going to be a legacy associated with us once we leave this earth. And it's up to us to help shape and create that legacy while we are alive. For me, there are two reasons why I believe legacy is important. One is people will tell stories about how you live, not just about how you died. And you want to be able to shape and to create those stories based on how you choose to live your life and show up in the world. Secondly, your loved ones want to know who you are and learn from your life, not just gain from your wealth. And that's one of the things that we're getting ready to talk about in terms of ways to leave your legacy. It's not just about material possessions and tangible items, but it's about your values, the stories, the experiences, things that you want to leave that they can learn from and glean from that will help them and not just your loved ones, but other people, strangers even, community that will help them in the future and will, will help them accomplish their own goals or to overcome obstacles or to persevere or to gain inspiration from. We gain inspiration all of the time from people we've never met, never known, never spent any, any time with, let alone any appreciable time to be able to ask questions or to hear stories and things like that. And yet we're still inspired by them. This is the power of a legacy. And that's why it's important that we really intentionally think about how we live and lead our lives so that we can leave a legacy. Now, 
let me put this little disclaimer out there as well, right? Like that doesn't mean that it's, you know, so humdrum and super serious. It's also about balance and having fun and knowing that you enjoyed life, right? So part of the legacy is not to just work and hustle and grind to attain, but it's also to live so that you can enjoy. Okay, y'all, this is the part where you're going to have to dig a little bit deep. I'm going to be asking some questions, giving you some actionable steps. So I'm going to try to put some time markers in the show notes so you can come back and listen. There are going to be questions that you may need to sit and think about and reflect on, sit with yourself and come to some kind of answer about. So I'm going to put some time markers in the show notes so you can pause and listen. I do recommend that maybe you listen through this whole episode. And if it really is resonating with you, that you go back and listen to at least the second part. And um, or you can pick certain time markers based on the section that you want to listen to. So, of course, you know, I'm going to give you some actionable steps in terms of my suggestions and thoughts. And these are just suggestions on how you can start to create your legacy or to continue to create your legacy. Because a lot of you, a lot of my listeners, man, y'all are amazing, dope individuals that are already doing it. Here are some ways to add to, to supplement, to augment, to enhance what you're already doing. Okay. So the first thing that I want you to do is to evaluate your current legacy. And you do that by thinking about a few things. For instance, what would people say about you if you died today? Now, I will say that question almost took me out because I still feel like there's so much that I want to do, so much that I want to experience, so much even that I want to share. So it even just researching and thinking about and reflecting on this episode is pushing and motivating me, like even to record this episode, right? Because... I didn't sleep well last night, like a whole myriad and host of things, you know, hearts heavy, just, you know, family stuff, just lots of stuff, life, right? But again, I'm thinking about what am I leaving for others? What will others remember me for and by? And this is one of the things that I want to be as a part of my legacy. So I'm pushing through, not saying that I push to the point where it's unhealthy, but today I'm pushing through. Okay. So what would people say about you if you died today? Another question to think about as you're evaluating your current legacy, are you happy being known for that? It's never too late if you feel like, "Mm, you know, that was cool 10, 12, 20 years ago, but I don't think that I want to be known for that for the rest of my life. It is perfectly okay to, again, augment, add to, supplement, enhance maybe what you're already known for with something else that you want to be known for. Okay, so just sit and think about that. Then lastly, what legacy would make you happy? And start doing those things and living in a way that makes you happy about the legacy you will leave. Because again, you're not going to be around when people are talking about you, but it's important for you to be happy about how you have lived your life. And when maybe your final moments come, if you have that opportunity to kind of reflect 
before you make your transition from this earth. I hope that you will be, as you're surrounded by the people that you love and care about and that you've done life with, that you in those moments are content and happy with how you have chosen to lead your life. Here's why I think doing this exercise, I think evaluation and reflection is immensely important in our lives anyway. And I feel like it's one of the cheat codes. It's one of the things that if we incorporate into our lives regularly, we will find ourselves not feeling as stagnant, as stuck, as unfulfilled as we maybe have been or could be if, you know, if we would just reflect more. So I think evaluating your legacy is important because once you know what you want your legacy to be, you can start building it. I mean, you can at least start, you know, creating that foundation, starting to live in a way, make decisions that will start to create that legacy. You also start living the way you want to be remembered. That's living intentionally. When people talk about living intentionally, that's part of it is living in a way that you want to be remembered. And it influences the way you use your time and resources. When you realize that even though it might be a good thing, that it's not a part of the legacy that you want to leave, you start making different choices. You may find yourself saying no a bit more. You may find yourself not renewing positions and roles and commitments that you've had in the past. And that's okay. Perfectly okay. And lastly, it will influence how you show up in the world every day. When your legacy and what you want to leave for others to glean from, learn from, and be bettered by is kind of top of mind for you or on your mind, you really do show up a little bit differently, right? Like you're not quite as sometimes, sometimes we're not quite as haphazard or haphazard is probably the best word for it about how we show up, where we show up, what we do with our time and resources. Now, here's where it becomes a a teensy bit morbid, right? But I'm going to give you uh, kind of two (laughs) sides to to the same coin. So some of you are familiar, if you're familiar with Stephen Covey's work, he does like this obituary exercise, right? So it is kind of three things, three questions to reflect on. Who would give tributes or your eulogy at your funeral or if you are um, black like me, your home going celebration. Two, what will they miss about you? What do you hope people will say that they will miss about you? And lastly, what positive attributes do you want people to associate with you? Reflecting on that and evaluating how you currently show up and wherever those those gaps may be or those you're not showing up as strongly as you want to in those areas, that's where you can start making even the smallest of changes pretty immediately. Now that I've gotten the morbid out of the way, let's do an exercise that's a tad bit, well, actually a lot happier. Think about your 80th birthday party. Think about who's there to celebrate. And what would you like them to say about you? What kind of impression would you want to leave on them? What kind of accomplishments or stories or experiences would you want them to remember about your life and their interactions with you throughout your life, right? 
I did that and I'm like, oh my God, it is going to be a cut up good time. You know, and I realized that a lot of the friends that I have now are still going to be there. It is going to be a grand old time. While researching for this episode, I found a really tremendous article on daringtolivefully.com about leaving a legacy. And they had 10 questions there. And I'm going to put those in the show notes if you are interested and want to spend some time thinking about them in your leisure. Amazing questions. The first one, I mean, you could spend quite a bit of time thinking about, and that is, what do you want your life to stand for? That's just one of the 10 questions there. So if you're interested in those, please be sure to check out the show notes. They will be listed there. After you've spent some time evaluating your current legacy, and I'll, let me put this little pin there that I think that it's something that you should do regularly, at least annually as part of your year-end review or as part of your goal setting for the next year. Just look at where you are with your legacy, if you're on track, if you feel like you could show up in more ways, if your legacy or your definition of what it is or what you want it to be has changed and shifted, incorporating that into how you're going to live going forward after this kind of evaluation period. So I do think that it's something that you should incorporate into your planning and into your reflective time on a pretty regular basis. After you've done that, Now it's time to start thinking about the ways that you are going to leave your legacy. And of course, we know of the ways that we've typically heard about, but I'm going to stretch you just a little bit in terms of some other things and even some things that you can kind of do pretty immediately in order to start leaving your legacy. Of course, there are financial ways to leave your legacy, whether that is in the form of wealth, generational wealth, land and property and tangible items. Land is huge, especially in the Black community. I really hope that we prioritize keeping land in our families as much as possible, making sure that we put, because a lot of land is lost due to not paying taxes, that we incorporate that into our household budgets, into our family budgets, or, you know, someone taking up that gauntlet, so to speak, to make sure that land stays within our family and doesn't get scooped up and swept up by people that don't have our community's best interest at heart at all. So for me, land is a tremendous legacy leaving tool that I hope that more people will be intentional about maintaining for future generations. I know that I will be a fourth generation landowner when my father goes home to be with the Lord because my great grandfather had land that he passed to my grandfather, that he passed to my father, that will be passed to me, regardless of what my offspring situation may end up looking like. There will be a plan in place because I've already promised my father and it was it on my heart anyway to keep the land in our family. And so we'll, we will figure that out. I have hopefully a few years to do that. And so, you know, like that's really top of mind for me about what I want that legacy of our land ownership to look like going forward. There's also things like insurance and planned gifts. And um, I'm, that's why I can't wait to bring, you know, some of my friends back. And if you if this is a 
subject matter that you are an expert in or extremely passionate or knowledgeable about, please reach out to me because I don't know a lot about some of these things, but I know that that's important that we talk about these things and that we do find out these um, about these things so that we can pl- effectively estate plan, legacy plan, will planning. And so, you know, there are insurance options and planned gifts, gift options. I remember working at a nonprofit and that was one of the things that I did with the executive executive director was to go around and kind of, you know, pitch planned giving to some of our larger and older donors and ask them what their plans were and if we could be incorporated into any planned giving that they were um, planning to do after their transition. So there are options like that and everything doesn't require a huge amount of wealth or a huge even um, kind of initial investment to get those things going. So really sit down and talk to a financial planner, do your research go to YouTube University, figure out what some options are that you may be able to do even now. Now, here are some other ways that I feel like you can leave a legacy that maybe doesn't require you buying land or having to do some sort of financial, huge financial investment. Another way to leave your legacy is through stories. I absolutely love hearing stories. I love hearing stories about how people grew up, what their family dynamic and structure was like, even if it may have been painful. I I mean, I don't love it in a positive way, but I'm just fascinated by all of the things that shaped a person into the person that I'm sitting across or that I'm listening to or that I'm watching on television. I love to, and and I'm fascinated by hearing all of the things that may have shaped, colored, and influenced what I see before me in that moment. Stories are hugely impactful. One of the things that I'm used to and love with my family is sitting around and hearing my parents and my aunts and uncles talk about growing up and what it was like in segregated high schools in a in a segregated America at that point and being among the first to integrate my alma mater in colleges and being in the minority in almost every position they've ever held and just navigating through life like that and all of the people that inspired them, motivated them, pushed them, challenged them, gave them opportunities along the way. Like I absolutely adore those stories. I am just enamored by my background and where I've come from and how despite a lack of education that my grandparents had, that they had the foresight and that they had the wherewithal to push their children to more and better than they experienced and that they had. And they realized that there was more and better out there for them and that they wanted that for their children, right? And so that's kind of the legacy that I come from. And it's it really is so inspiring. I grew up hearing stories about my maternal grandparents. Now, my maternal grandfather, who was a Pentecostal preacher, I never met. He died, I think, in 90... 1965 or 67, so way before I was born. But I just grew up hearing so many stories about him. And even now as an adult, when I meet people that knew my grandparents, 
They talk about my grandfather and just what a powerful preacher he was, what a powerful witness he was, how inspiring and motivating he was, and how he just really caused them to want to, some of them would say, like, live right and do right. And, you know, I'm like, here it is decades and decades later, and the impression that he's left on people is still felt and it still resonates with them. Now, my grandmother lived until I was 18, and so I I got to experience her, thank God. But when she passed, people talked about how she was a preacher's mother. She was she was a mother in the church, and people just gravitated to her, and she loved on them, and she cared for them, and she cared about them, and she was just such a giving, loving individual. And I'm not just saying that because she was my grandmother, and I know a lot of us think that way about our um, grandparents, but she really was, and other people attested to that, despite you know not having any education to to speak of my grandfather, my maternal grandfather had a third grade. My maternal grandmother had ninth grade. My maternal paternal grandfather, I think may have had maybe upper elementary, like fourth, fifth, sixth. Same for my grandmother. I don't think she made it to high school either. But despite that, you know, They were known in their community for just being good people, people that uh, others could count on, would lend a helping hand. And, you know, I'm just so proud of that kind of legacy that they've left that it didn't require them writing books or recording a podcast or being this huge figure necessarily. But they were good people that impacted the lives of those in their sphere, in their orbit, in their communities, in their household. And that's really what leaving a legacy is about, right? Like it's about really impacting and the your memory and the things that you did and the things that you said to and for people living on long after you're gone. I want for each and every one of us, when we're gone, people will still speak fondly of us. 10, 15, 20, 50, 60 years from now, they'll remember that someone spoke kindly to me. Someone motivated me. Someone was proud of me. Someone recognized that I was doing my best, right? Like you want to leave that kind of impression on someone. And I've just been really fortunate and blessed to have had generations of those kinds of examples for me. My parents are still alive, but they too are, you know, just great examples. And I'm hearing stories about how they impacted people through their professions, through our our churches, and just how much they love and care about them because they love and care, my parents loved and cared about them, right? And they showed up for them. And those are the kinds of stories about your own life that you need to share, that you need to make sure you know, it's known and that you also write them from your perspective, like how it feels to show up for people, how it feels to have this desire on the inside to make your communities better or safer, to make sure that your family legacy is intact and strong and really giving toward the, not only your community, but the world at large. And so that's what living a life so that you can leave a legacy 
really feels like. One of the things that I have been in recent years most proud of and inspired by is the fact that my paternal grandfather, my father's father, and part of that whole land ownership was that he was a farmer, not a sharecropper. He owned the land and we still own the land that my grandfather fathered. And a couple of years ago, as we were just kind of riding through the area where the land is, you know, my dad was telling me about how a couple of things. One, my grandfather, if you know what my last name is, it can be spelled with a D or without a D. And my grandfather took the D out because he knew that um, white people used the D to denote that this was a particular uh, set of my last name that was black. And so he was like, "Mm -mm." so literally he has brothers that have D's in their name, but my grandfather and my dad. And so me, I don't have a D in my name. Okay. So first thing I was like, my father, my grandfather was like, "Mm mm-mm. Not about that life. We're not getting ready to do this. The second thing is that he and his brother really kind of started like this whole little thing because uh, in the old days, like the tobacco market, the farmer's market or whatever, they would always put the black farmers in the back. So people would literally walk through all of the other white farmers and buy whatever they needed. So by the time they got back, to where the black farmers were, where my uncles and my um, my great uncles and my grandfather was, they would have spent all of their money. And so my grandfather and his brother decided to go around to the local markets and start offering their collards and their fresh vegetables and their fresh sausage because my grandfather raised hogs and pigs. And that's my, so like, I literally come from entrepreneurs, right? <laughs> like, Despite what you may think of that occupation and what they raised, they literally went out and got clients because that's what the grocers were. They provided products and services to them because they delivered it. They grew it and delivered it. It is very similar to what Whole Foods does right now that we love and Fresh Market and all of those places do. My grandfather was doing that back in a segregated America. You can't like those kind of stories. like. It's not written down anywhere, unfortunately. I think I'm I'm about ready to write it down, and I'm glad that it's now recorded for all time and posterity here via this podcast. But I know that there are stories like that within your family, within you, even in your own life that need to be recorded, that need to be written down. I have a really good friend that I think has been journaling for maybe 25 years or so. And I can just imagine the wealth of information and feeling and processing and emotions and lessons that are held within those journals. And I do hope that one day he chooses to share that with his family and those that are close to him. And and that becomes a part of his legacy. When you think about, you know, especially famous figures, historical figures, part of, quote, their papers that are housed at colleges, universities, and museums is things like their journals and the stories that have been written down and photographs and all of those things. So being intentional about keeping and collecting and archiving and creating those kinds of things and and the stories that go along with it, I think is such a tremendous way 
of leaving your legacy, you know, because you run across people at different points in your life and they don't know who you maybe were in a previous life. You know, people that know me in Denver don't know, you know, what I did was when I was in North Carolina or um, people that met me via Periscope or via my business and freelancing and things like that. They don't know what my life was like and how I, you know, operated when I worked at ECU, right? So just sharing all of those things and finding a way to tell those stories, I think is super important for us to leave a legacy. And one of the things that slave masters really tried to do was to strip us of the stories, strip us of the the legacy that we came from and that we had. And it's time that we reclaim that. It is time that we start recording those things so that future generations know that even in the midst of continued systemic racism and carnage and murderous rampages that are happening, that even with heavy hearts, even with just unbelievable kind of grief and sadness surrounding us at times, that we still showed up and did the best that we could. And sharing our stories, even in these hard and difficult times is what's going to be so helpful and so beneficial to future generations. I don't just want historians to color and to interpret what this time meant. I think for us, it's in, it's important for us to also put in our two cents about what this time has meant to us, especially as it relates to the legacy, the lessons the values that we want to instill in future generations that we are directly connected to and that are direct descendants of us. Another way for us to leave our legacy is by sharing our values with people. A really great way of doing this, especially with those that may not be related to us or connected to us in that sort of way is through mentorship, sharing with others the the values, the precepts, the the ways that you decided to conduct yourself that caused you to have the degrees of success that you've had and that those things helped you to accomplish your goals and your dreams and your aspirations. Mentorship is a great way to espouse and to share what those values are. I like this quote by Joanne Glim, and she says, a personal journey, she says, a personal journey is part of the generational relay. Live your legacy and pass it on. And that's a great way to, to do that, to take time to talk to younger people. That was literally my favorite part of working at ECU. The work itself was drudgery sometimes, but I always had time for students I wanted to stop by and chat and um, ask questions and just have conversations because they literally are figuring it all out. And man, some days I was sitting there figuring it all out at the same time they were figuring out their stuff, right? But it was just such a rich time and I was able to share some of my value system with them. Sometimes it had literally nothing to do with my religious beliefs, but it was just things about integrity and honesty and valuing yourself and sitting with yourself and reflecting on what it is that you believe and how you want to show up. And so, you know, I would tell my own um, personal stories with them, share those those stories with them. And then what I felt like was a value system that regardless of what they believed or if they believed, that it would take them far in life. I think if you were to ask some of them, they would probably agree that 
some of the things I've said stuck with them, caused them to make some different decisions. And now they're, they can see just like, you know, our parents told us things and we didn't understand or believe at the time, but now we're like, oh man, now it all makes sense. (laughs) And that's the value. That's the legacy that sharing your values with others can leave with other people. Another way to leave your legacy is time, whether that is through volunteering or mentorship, as I just said, spending time with people, being intentional about spending time with those that are coming up behind you, that are younger than you, that are even your peers. Making time to do those things, I think, is a great way to leave a legacy, to spend spending time with your loved ones and your parents. And people often say that when people are in their latter days and they know that they're about to transition, they don't often say that they wish they would have worked more or, um, you know, made more money necessarily. A lot of times it's about they wish they would have had more time to experience things, more time to spend with the people that they love. And so if you feel like you aren't spending as much time as you would like with people that you love and do community with, see if there are some ways that you can start to incorporate that more. See if there are some things that maybe at least for a season, you may need to cut back on or remove completely from your life in order to do that. I know I'm at a season now where I want to be intentional about spending time with the people that I love and care about. I want to set my life up in a way that I have the freedom and the flexibility to do that while still earning a living, right? And so, you know, for me, traditional on-site employment doesn't really afford me that that luxury or that flexibility. So I'm looking for, you know, I I like freelancing and working remotely and working for myself and I'm looking for opportunities that allow me to continue that so I can spend time with family and spend time with friends and travel a little bit and go different places and not be so either hurried, rushed, or guilt-laden that I'm not in an office necessarily every day of the week. And that's just how I choose to set up my life. And a lot of people, like I had someone say to me, well, that's what everybody wants. I'm sure it is. I'm sure everybody would want that, I said, but how many people are actually making intentional choices for their life to be that. And everyone doesn't have that opportunity. I get that, totally understand that. But for those of us that do, why not make it happen? And especially for me, because it's really just me. I don't have a partner, spouse, or any children. So I really can have that flexibility to live out of a suitcase to whatever I wanted that to look like. I could because it's just me. And I'm like, you know, if God is intending to bless me with somebody, let me go ahead and get some of that out of my system now so that I am not looking backwards or not living with regret because I didn't do this the way I wanted to do it, the way I saw it in my mind to do, or at least try to do it, right? Like at least try. Anyway, got off on a tangent there. So time, time is another way that you can leave your legacy. Another thing is skills. What are you good at? There are people that are great at painting or great at making model airplanes and cars, great at cooking, obviously, is is a huge one that a lot of people, you know, readily associate with a skill set. So for me, one of one of my regrets is my grandmother tried to teach me how to crochet. And I was a silly teenager who didn't have time for that, who didn't want to to learn that skill. And I so 
regret that. I so regret not taking the time to learn more. I think I learned like the basic stitch and that was it. I didn't even make a scarf, child. I didn't even make a pot holder. Like I know nothing. That's like one of my regrets. And I, during the panoramic, I decided to start learning how to do that. Still, I feel like I would be so much further along if I would have listened to my grandmother. It took some instruction from her because she was really patient with me while I was doing it. But I was like 12 and just did not have the attention span or the desire to do that. But I wish that I, w- I would have. I really do wish I would have. So what are some skills that you could potentially pass on? If it's not to someone directly in your family, maybe there's somebody else that wants to learn how to do that. I don't even know if they do this kind of stuff anymore, but like a park and rec center, sometimes they have classes. Maybe you might not be like a world-class crocheter, but if you know enough to teach a beginner class, then why not do that for a few weeks during the summer or during the fall or winter or what have you? Like that's a great way to leave your legacy, even if it's to people that you don't know. Now, these previous things are things that may take a little bit of time and energy and effort to kind of get off the ground and get to a place where you you feel good about that being a part of your legacy. Here are some things that I feel like you can even start doing today, thinking about today, gathering even today. One is a legacy letter. I think I saw this on as I was researching for this episode and I was like, ah. Oh, This is so good. And it literally is, you're just writing down everything you'd want to tell your loved ones if you knew you didn't have long to live. Be sure to capture the essence of who you are by writing about your life lessons, values, accomplishments, and hopes. Think of it as an emotional heirloom. The beautiful thing is that now with technology, you can really start to craft that. And as you remember things, insert them into the appropriate place. Like it's not like in the day where you would have to rewrite a whole page or, you know, retype a whole page on a manual typewriter. So this is something that I feel like you can literally sit down and start doing pretty quickly if that's something that you want to do. Making sure you also incorporate that into plans on how you want your legacy left, whether that is making printing it out and giving it to people or sharing that particular file with people or sending an email saying like, here's my uh, current version of my legacy letter, whatever that looks like to you. One thing that people did that I liked, um, maybe in the early 2000s when people were kind of still sending snail mail, is I loved getting end of the year letters from my friends about what happened in their families or in their lives during the course of that year. And so maybe that's something that you do. You do kind of a end of the year, here's the state of my life thing, the highlights, the the challenges, the accomplishments, all of those things. You can do something like that every year and share it with your email list if you have one because you're an entrepreneur or thought leader. Share it with your family share it with friends, right? Just so that just so they get an idea of the things that are important to you and the legacy that you want to leave. And you you may find that that reignites or renews relationships, deepens relationships. People will probably come to you and say, "I didn't even know you were going through that." Like, "I didn't know." Or, you know, "I really have been thinking about the same things." I just think it's such a tremendous gift to the rest of us. Again, I love and I'm fascinated by hearing about people people's stories and their experiences. 
Another thing is think about a legacy heirloom. That could be a quilt or jewelry, accessories, clothing, furniture. For instance, I have a, a chair from my grandmother. It's in my favorite color purple. It is a velvet purple chair. I think one of the arms is broken off of it. I mean, I just need to screw it back in, but I haven't really done that yet. I absolutely adore it. It could probably use another stuffing in the bottom, like a kind of a reupholstering. But for me, it is one of an heirloom. It's it's one of my heirlooms and something that I want to give to someone that means something to me someday. I have a chest from my grandmother and it's a little broken down as well, but it's like this genuine wood chest from back in the day and it's absolutely gorgeous. And I think my dad had it refinished and it's just beautiful and amazing. I may not be able to give that to anybody, but it's absolutely gorgeous and I and I love it. And it's literally in my room right now. It's been in my room for a really long time. So think about what kinds of things that you either have from other people or something that you can get, create, invest in that you can then gift and pass down. All right, y'all. So this last legacy idea, I literally got from watching a reel today on Instagram. And it was a recap of a conference that Mary J. Blige hosted, I think this past weekend with, I think, Live Nation and sponsored by Pepsi. And it was called Strength of a Woman. I don't remember if it was the interviewer or was it Angie Martinez? Maybe it was Angie who said that this was a legacy event, that this event was part of Mary's, Murray's legacy. And y'all, that's what really prompted me to like get, get on the mic and record this episode. Because if you don't know, I have 20 some odd years of event planning experience and like, oh my God, a legacy event an event that's a part of your legacy. And I know what you're thinking because a lot of times when we think events, we think big shebangs or what have you. But your legacy event could be your weekly Sunday dinners at your house, an annual trip, something that you do that's kind of a family tradition or a friend tradition. The fact that you always host Friendsgiving, that could be your legacy event. You don't necessarily have to, you know, go around and have banners printed up. Be like, welcome to my legacy event. But you know that that's one of the ways that you want to be known. You want at your 80th birthday party or that at your homegoing celebration that somebody's going to give it up and be like, do you remember every year she used to host this girl's day brunch or he used to you know, do a a game night every quarter at his house or, you know, every 4th of July, we would go over to their house. Like that's such a great way to leave a legacy as well. That's fun. That's memorable, especially if that's in your wheelhouse to do and you're sociable like that. Thinking about what a legacy event could look like for you. You don't have to rent out a hotel. It doesn't have to be big. It could literally be for a handful of people. But what is maybe something that you can do? An event, again, dinner is an event. If you do, especially if you do it right. Uh, Game night is definitely an event. Making those memories and experiences, using that as an opportunity to share stories and experiences and to deepen and develop connections. That to me is what a legacy event was. And if you watch that reel about Mary's event, 
that's what a lot of people were saying about how they felt at the event and what the panel meant to them and for them. And when I heard that, I was like, ah, yes, that is it. So think about a legacy event for you. Okay, now that I've totally overwhelmed you with ways that you can leave a legacy, the next thing you need to think about is another overwhelming topic, and that is who are your heirs? Who are your legacy heirs? Of course, think about what it is that you want to leave to your family, what it is that you want to leave to friends, community, your alma mater, your church, social organizations, even to strangers. It might be a book. It might be that you give all of your papers to your alma mater, your college or your university about the work and the research that you've done. I mean, that's what makes up museums. Like we walk past every day some handwritten scribble thing that, you know, some person has, you know, that's gone on before us has left, right? So this is something that you can think about as well as who do you want these items that you are deeming as part of your legacy to go to. Now, this last piece of advice is major and huge. And I hope that you will take up this as a project, as a task and do it with love, but do it quickly. And that is to digitize your legacy. So the next time you go home or the next time you are with loved ones and you know that there are family albums and scrapbook, please gather them up and start digitizing those photos. M- one of my best friends lost all the photos of his mom, of his mom who went home to be with the Lord way, way, way too soon and doesn't really have very many photos of the two of them together. I don't want that for us, right? Like I want us to preserve that legacy. And one of the easiest ways to preserve it is to digitize it. There are services and businesses that will do it for you if you don't have the time or the equipment or the desire to do that. So that's one thing that you can absolutely do. There's a local photography shop here that will do that for us. They'll even do it with home videos or taking things that may be on VHS tapes and converting them to DVDs and other kind of digital media. So y'all get all of that information, get all of that legacy and digitize it as soon and as quickly as possible. Create folders, whether it's in the cloud or Dropbox or Google Drive, where you can put all of these things, share it with other family members, let your friends and family know, should anything happen, here is like access to this thing that I want to make sure we don't lose, okay? You can digitize your legacy by scanning your older photos. Back up your phone photos to the cloud and then start organizing them in folders by year and or event. My phone automatically, uh, the photos in my phone back up to Dropbox. And whenever I open Dropbox, it automatically starts back backing up photos. Make it a habit of doing that. I hear so often, too often about people, their phone is damaged. They, they're losing all of the, this stuff, whether it's contact. A lot of times it's contacts, but also photos or what have you. So make sure that you are intentionally doing that. Like it's literally one of my Sunday afternoon things. I might be sitting around or while I'm watching like the NBA playoffs, like I'm doing right now, I might do something like that, like organize photos, 
making or spending some time to make sure that I'm like not using my phone so much that I can upload and back up my photos to Dropbox. And just being intentional about that, I think it's so super important so that we don't lose any of these memories and photos that could become part of our legacy. And when you're with family members and, you know, especially if you decide that you're going to digitize older photos that are in in your family, ask who's in the photos. A lot of times I'm also fascinated about what's written on the back of the photos. And, you know, it usually has a, a date or a year and who's in the photo, maybe where the photo was taken. So, you know, getting that kind of background information, I so wish my grandmother was here so I could just get more information. My grandfather's, one I never knew, the other one died when I was six, but my grandmother's lived until I was 18 and in my mid-20s, I believe, Um, but I still did not get a lot of information from them. And, you know, if you know anything about those generations, they didn't talk a lot about who, what, when, and where. And so my parents don't know um, some information as well. And I, there's, there, there are gaps there. As much as you can, with as many generations as you can, find out the who, the what, the when, find out people in the photos. And even if it's not easy to talk about, you know, just encourage them and just listen and just be a safe space for your aunties, your mom, your dad, your grandparents to be able to talk to about even some of the tougher experiences that they may have had in life. Okay. So for me, this is, if you don't do anything else, I say, I really want you to digitize your legacy. I really want you to grab all of those photos and not lose them and to keep them as mementos and keepsakes for not just you and your current family, but also for future generations. Listen, I have to admit, despite some somber moments and maybe questions in this episode, I have really enjoyed recording this episode, partly because I'm excited now to continue to shape, refine, maybe even in some parts, some ways, reshape my own legacy. And for those of you that this episode has resonated with you and you are going to be maybe a little bit more intentional or aware of the legacy that you want to leave. I'm excited, whether it's from near or far, to see what you do and to see how you live that out and to see the spice and the sparkle and the glitter and the little razzmatazz that you're going to drop on it and season it with. Oh, I can't wait to see all of that. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I know that parts of it, again, has been a bit more serious and macabre than maybe we would like. I also hope that this episode didn't scare or depress you, but rather enlightened and inspired you. I want to leave you with this quote by Robert Baden-Powell. Try and leave this world a little better than you found it. And when your turn comes to die, you can die happy in feeling that at any rate, You have not wasted your time, but have done your best. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I love hearing from you and knowing that you're listening. If you're on Instagram and or Twitter, could you do me a favor and let me know you're listening and what your favorite takeaway or quote from the show was? 
take a screenshot of the episode that you're listening to and tag me at Trendy Socialite and at Unbecoming Conversations on Instagram. I find it so helpful to know what resonates with you and it helps me to create more content just for you. Can't wait to connect with you online. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take care and be blessed.